On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC, Orlando Brown Jr. joins us for an interview. The two-time Pro Bowler for the Baltimore Ravens tells us what his I'm a left tackle tweet was all about, and we talk about the success he's had so far in his career. We're bringing the latest OU football updates, including Jamar Kane being named a top 25 recruiter, and the Sooners getting a big commitment from the number one running back in the class of 2022, Raleigh brown and of course we recap sunday's game by giving you our winners and losers of super bowl 55 please download and subscribe to the podcast rate it five stars and write us a good review follow the show on twitter instagram facebook and youtube just search oklahoma breakdown on any of those and you'll find us all right i'm man michael hostie will kick this thing off it's time for the oklahoma breakdown It's a beautiful Monday, February 8th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Metro Ford of OKC. Metro Ford of OKC's inventory is the best of the best. In fact, they own more Black Widows and more 2021 F-150s than anybody else. They are the only Roush and Rocky Ridge dealer in the state. You can find a ride at Metro Ford of OKC that you can't find anywhere else in Oklahoma. Just like their selection of vehicles is unmatched, so is their customer service. The Metro Ford of OKC Difference Program is included with the purchase of every new and pre-owned vehicle. It includes free oil changes for life, lifetime window tint, lifetime nitrogen fill for your tires, complimentary wheel locks, interior fabric protection, complimentary service loaners, a complimentary shuttle with service, and a complimentary multi-point inspection. Come feel the performance when you test drive a Roush or Raptor and come see why the difference is real at Metro Ford of OKC. Visit MetroFordofOKC.com for more information and go to the dealership and tell them we sent you. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Let us know who you want to try to have us get on the podcast. We've got Orlando Brown Jr. on this podcast because guess why, Ted? A couple people asked us to get Orlando Brown Jr., so we tried, and guess what? He did it. You ask, and you shall receive. If you don't ask, we can't even try. So you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and throw them out there. And that now we are recording this. We're recording the start of this op- episode before the Super Bowl, and then we're going to take a break, watch the game, probably eat way too much, and then we're going to record our winners and losers of Super Bowl 55. But I am excited James Winchester is going to join us on the next episode. Now, the mystery is, will he be in a really good mood or in a really bad mood? Well, let's just hope we don't hear from him during the game. Um, you know, you don't even want to be, if you're the deep snapper, you don't even want to be mentioned during the game. We'll be watching, but we don't want anyone else to know that Winchester's even on the field. Um, I mean, What's the worst that could happen? They lose in the oh, Super Bowl you, to Tom Brady. Oh, why and are you saying you, that? 
but you've got, I mean, you're a deep snapper in the NFL. It's the best job in the world. If something bad happens to Winchester in the Super Bowl, it's on you for saying that. Now, I don't believe yeah. in jinxes, so I, I agree. We He's can re-record the whole thing. If that happens, we'll re-record. The, this will just never have happened. No, we won't. We're going to leave it. We're <laughs> right. going to leave it like we leave everything. Okay, let's start with uh, the local college football stuff. Let's start with the OU news. Uh, first first thing, Jamar Cain, you know, outside linebackers, edge guys, wh- whatever you want to call it, the defensive ends coach. He, he's a man of many titles, but he made rivals top 25 recruiters for 2021, and he's getting a lot of love for going into the state of Texas and getting Clayton Smith, right, a five-star guy, a difference maker there at the edge position. He also went to the state of Oregon and snagged a big time athlete in Nathan Rollins Cabange, a guy that, you know, it's well documented how good of a basketball player he was. I'll say this full disclosure. I love Jamar Kane. I love everything about the guy. I love his attitude. I love his energy. I think the players respond really well to him and the way that he approaches coaching And I was fired up to see him get this recognition, Teddy, because not only do I like him as a guy, I think he's going to recruit at a really, really high level for OU. That's one of the reasons they brought him right that. And he's young. He's got that energy. He fits that defensive staff. But I think this may only be the start for Jamar Kane. I think so, too. I mean, he's got a great beard. Great great beard. beard. I mean, he's got everything working right now. Uh, recruiting is key. I mean, it's, it's the lifeblood of any program. You've, you've constantly got to replenish talent. You've constantly got to try and make your roster better than it was before. And, uh, he's helped that out tremendously And really his first full recruiting season. He added some nice guys. Um, Clayton Smith is, I think what the sixth ranked player in the entire state of Texas, a uh, really good guy that, that should be able to come in and contribute pretty quickly. I mean, the recruiting is fantastic, and I love that. That's that's probably first and foremost. But I think development is also critical, and and you know I don't think it's any mystery to see why Benito had his best year ever. It's it's a big part of what uh, Jamar Kane has done. You know I've had a chance to hang out with him a couple of times. I mean he's a he's a really just down to earth, cool. I mean he he's uh, kind of a people person, like everyone gets along with him. And that's what great recruiters typically are. And he fits the bill. And I would say that he's a big part of why this defense made those big jumps in year two. And, you know, giving him a full run at things, a full, full chance to go chase down some of those recruits across the country that he thinks will fit. It's just going to get better and better. Yeah. And having a guy like Jamar Kane recruit a position like the edge right where where those edge rushers are so pivotal yeah it's so pivotal ted at at building an elite defense right football with the way that it is now it's about quarterback play protecting the quarterback and getting to the quarterback and i i feel really good about ou's future on the edge defensively with jamar kane being the guy going after those guys you know what i mean sure no, I mean that's there's no doubt that's the uh, that's the critical spots. I mean, every spot on a football field is is critical. But I mean, you take tonight; it's the biggest game 
in, in all of football, and it's probably going to be decided at the line of scrimmage by who can and cannot get to the quarterback, put pressure on them. No doubt. Okay, one other big thing in OU football news, 2022 five-star running back Raleek Brown out of Matter Day in California has committed to OU. This is a guy that is rivals number one running back in the 2022 class. I believe 24-7 Sports has him as their number three running back. He chose OU over Alabama, LSU, USC, uh, everyone. Everyone wanted this kid, but he is committed to Oklahoma. He said when he visited a while back, it, it felt like home, and it sounds like Lincoln Riley and Dennis Simmons did a really good job of showing him how they would use him as a running back and receiver in the offense, which I think was very intriguing to him. And I watched everything I could find on this kid, Ted. And damn, this kid can fly. He's got elite change of direction now. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but but size for a guy that can play multiple positions like, like Raleigh Brown can, it, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. I, I feel guys like, and I know this, you, you can't, people keep comparing him to Tyreek Hill. Let's just calm down, people. Let, let, let's calm down with comparing him to the biggest playmaker in all of football. But he does, he's got some of those characteristics, right? Only about 5'8", but game-changing speed, Ted. And I, I don't care how big you are. When you got speed and the ability to change direction like this kid, you're going to make plays. I, I don't care if you're short. Yeah, speed is where you always have to start, um, whether it's, you know, I mean, really any position, speed is the real thing that defines everything. And if you are an elite level sprinter or a guy that can move around and then add some wiggle to it and shake, uh, it's just, it, it's game changer. Now, it's not a traditional type of guy that you just plug into the backfield and hand him the ball between the tackles. That's where you get guys that, that are, are real creative with their offense, um, you know, test the edge with those guys, give them the ball in space, you know, put them in a position where they're already in an open area and can use it instead of kind of being pinned in. So I think it's great. You know, DeMarco and, and what he's done at the, the running back spot, I saw a lot of people pissed whenever – we didn't get the Wheaton kid out of Texas and asking, well, that falls on DeMarco Murray. And I just, I don't think we've even scratched the surface on what DeMarco Murray's going to do. Um, you got to remember, he still hasn't had any in-person visits yet in recruiting. I mean, and whenever it, he signed, it's, I, I don't know if people know this. He, he's got a bit of a presence about yeah. him. All DeMarco does. Yeah. I mean, he still hasn't sat in front of people. And, you know, we've talked about it before, what happened with his running back room. Sermon transfers, Kennedy Brooks opts out. Ramondre is is gone for half of the season. And we still had some really good production there. I, I just think this is the beginning and really good things are going to continue to happen in that room. Yeah, and uh, I know there's some OU fans that are – a little nervous, right? The last couple of years, OU has had some big time running backs committed for a long time. And then, well, let's, let's be real. Alabama has swooped in and snatched them up late 
in the recruitment. But Raleigh Brown, he he says he's shutting it down. Now, once again, it, you don't you don't believe anything anymore uh, until the kid signs in December, right? That that's just how recruiting works now. But the young man said he's shutting it down. He can just focus on showing up in Norman and making big plays. But Teddy, any uh, any words of wisdom to calm the nerves of OU fans that are probably going to be nervous until early signing day rolls around in December? I mean, just don't worry about it because if he doesn't come here, we're going to find production somewhere else. I mean, there you go. We, we've had, I don't know how many guys over the years decommit last second. We thought they were coming and they go somewhere else. We still win. We still win the Big 12. We still go college football playoff. Now, we want some of these top-level talent guys to be here, but, I, I mean, I feel good about it because if he was a six foot one, 215-pound running back coming out of high school, I would say, oh, well, I am a little worried about that, you know, because you look at Alabama and what they've done with running backs going to the NFL – and we saw and talked about Nick Saban's uh, speech to recruits. It's kind of hard to turn that down. But this kid is, he's not like the traditional mold. And I would say Oklahoma does as good or better than anyone with players that aren't the traditional mold. Yeah, it's pretty well documented that Alabama football, they have their physical criteria that if you don't meet, like they don't even recruit you, but I guess his playmaking ability is enticing to any team in college football. So let's hope OU can hold on to him. They, hey, they're in the driver's seat. It's better than not being in the driver's seat for a kid like that. I will say this about him. He said something that I really, really liked in an interview. And he said he's going to start trying to recruit offensive linemen to come play with him. I love hearing that. I can only imagine how much Bill Biedenboe loves hearing that but that that's the type of skill guy I can root for a guy that has that amount of self-awareness like let, let's get the big boys to help me out like come on this kid's got to be a sooner let's go well I mean typically whenever a guy starts trying to recruit other people to come to school with him he's pretty locked in you know we've seen some of that like Rattler did that uh Caleb Williams has done that so when guys start actually doing that and being like a, a, a vocal recruiter for the program and ambassador for the program, that's a really good sign. I'm with you. It, once again, I'd rather be in the position that OU's in than him being committed somewhere else. That, that's yep. the way you got to look at it, OU fans. I agree. One last thing uh, for OU News, Brian Carrington, who was Texas's director of recruiting, is leaving to join – USC staff as a quality control analyst, going to be more of a football coach uh, as opposed to a personnel recruiting guy. This was one of OU football's biggest trolls. Remember, he's the guy that was, you know, claiming there was going to be a quote unquote power shift. He was big on the shush emoji, threw that out there a lot. I, Teddy, I just feel bad for OU fans because they loved going after this guy. I, I think OU fans are going to really miss him, right? And his trolling tactics that it never worked out well for Carrington. It just never did. No, it was always well thought out, but he tried. Uh, in the end, you know what he always lacked? A good football team to back him up. 
mm. you know, and it doesn't matter how witty, uh, how, how creative you are. If you don't win the football games that you need to, it's really not going to matter. So I, Hey, I challenge everyone to continue to follow him or, uh, watch what he does. And every time Texas fails at something, let him know every time USC fails at something, let him know. Yeah. Now he, he hasn't changed his Twitter yet, but if you'd like to tweet him and tell him how much you're going to miss him and how much you're going to miss trolling him, his handle is at B Carrington UT still. So there it is right there at B Carrington UT. <laughs> so if you want to yeah, send him a nice message, Oh, you fans, we're, we're all going to miss trolling that guy. Okay, let's move on to call your shot. And we did a little differently. We, we took a more of a national approach with this one. And we asked you, what was the most significant thing that happened in all of college football this weekend? And our favorite comes from Davis Dunkelberger at SoonerFan432 on Twitter. He says, Penn State putting out the dumbest graphic and proceeding to get dunked on. Now, Teddy, did you see this graphic? I did. I loved it. It was great. So did pretty much every uh, every college football program out there made the same graphic somewhat? It's pretty funny. I, I think <laughs> what Ole Miss had the best one. But if you didn't see the graphic, Penn State football puts out a graphic that in big letters, it says a Penn Stater has appeared in every Super Bowl and then in tiny print, it said right underneath it, it says, except for five since 1967. Like in this <laughs> tiny font, it says, Penn It's State a tiny a, font that's almost invisible. The you, way you that almost it's, couldn't read it. And, right. But they, it, it was hilarious. Everyone's different reactions. I, I think Ole Miss put it out there. It was like, someone from Ole Miss has played in every Super Bowl, except for the ones they haven't. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was great, but they were trolled by everyone and, and they earned it do you think whoever came up with that graphic when they made it that's that's one of the things i don't understand do you think the graphic design people for penn state are sitting around a table and a guy's like i got it uh, i i got the super bowl graphic for it we'll do this we'll put it in real small print everyone will love it like no no one will make fun of us for this like i don't understand how those things happen how they get I, approved i guess I guess they always feel like it's going to fall through the cracks and it's not going to get noticed. And even if it does get noticed, it's like, well, we said it right there, except for, except for six. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like stuff like this always, 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 uh, people find it, people see it and it becomes viral for all the wrong reasons. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, maybe they're sitting around laughing because, well, I mean, it's still really impressive. Every Super Bowl except for six of them is still really nice, and everyone's out there trying to clown them, but they're getting a lot of uh, a lot of tread out there online. So I don't know, but I'm just here for all of the uh, the memes making fun of it. That's that's the best part. All publicity is good, pub publicity right i can't say the word publicity apparently oh my gosh it's i mean i don't maybe that's true i feel like it's not but uh, someone go ask morgan wallen if all publicity is good publicity yikes what an <laughs> idiot 
But well, I don't know. I at the end of the day, it was it was an impressive uh, line by Penn State that they've had someone in every Super Bowl except for six of them. It just would have been a little better had they not tried to hide that fact. Yeah. A couple other good nominees for the most important thing that happened in college football this weekend. Clemson made Tony Elliott part of an elite group of coordinators that are making over $2 million. So congrats to Tony Elliott there, uh, the offense coordinator there at Clemson. Will Muschamp, he will be joining the Georgia staff as an analyst. He played with Kirby Smart at Georgia, which is something I didn't know. And it looks like Kirby Smart doing his best Nick Saban impression with this one. Uh, what what did what did Muschamp get? Fifteen million from that buyout from oh. South Carolina. So he's living he's living the good life. And then Trevor, he's Lawrence. great at getting jobs. Will he's fantastic. Is he must be the best interview ever. Ever best interview. He must be like just. I don't know, but he's made so much money in this sport and really hasn't hardly accomplished anything. So kudos to that guy. Yeah, I think Kirby said Muschamp will be coaching the coaches or something like that. I was like, okay, that's the guy you want doing it. Sure. I have heard he's a lot of fun, like away yeah. from football, like that he's he's a good time. Uh, one other thing, Trevor Lawrence kind of interesting he's going to throw for nfl teams on february 12th and then he'll have shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder to fix a torn labrum which teddy you've torn your labrum don't you live with the torn labrum like constantly yeah yeah how enjoyable yeah. is that going on like almost 20 years <laughs> oh uh, i get um I, I get reminders. It never just wants to just let the whole thing die. It'll, it'll remind me every now and then that, hey, still hanging out here. No big deal. But I, I don't know. I thought this was, was fascinating. Why does uh, he need to throw? I guess like if he's getting surgery and he doesn't throw, maybe that's a, that would be considered some type of red flag. And yeah, if you're going to be you. the number one overall – you don't want any any question marks out there. So you want people to say, look, he can throw. He looks good. He's doing all the check. He's checking off all the boxes. But if we want him ready to play and be at his best come come time for training camp, he needs to get this deal done now. And yeah. I would guess that, and you know, if when you're the first team that drafts, you do not have to wait until the draft to draft your player. You can sign them. When does it start? As soon as the league year starts, or it's you can sign a guy before the draft if you're the number one team. So I wonder if they've had any type of conversation with Jacksonville about that too. Right, where they're like, okay, hey, here's the plan. Like we're taking you. Here's the plan. Here's where, if, what if, we're if gonna do. You look do. how we expect. You will look whenever we come see a throw. Then, so I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay, we've got a great interview with Orlando Brown Jr., but first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. 
FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And also, make sure you go buy some rock and roll tequila. Rock and roll tequila is the ultra premium tequila that hits all the right notes. It's won all kinds of awards for superior taste and smooth finish. To find a store that has it, visit rockandrolltequila.com or check out their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This stuff is fantastic. If you don't want to take our word for it, maybe you'll listen to this guy. This is Coach Bob Stoops. When you're a college football coach, it's important to have an eye for talent. The same holds true when choosing your tequila. When I tried rock and roll, I liked it so much, I decided to become a partner in this Oklahoma-owned company. Crafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, the smooth taste of rock and roll's triple distilled platinum, our Añejo, called Cristalino, and the incredible premium quality mango tequila are awesome. Our defiantly unique guitar-shaped bottles make it easy to find, and you'll love the ultra-premium quality and taste. No excuses. Make rock and roll your game day tequila. Tastefully rebellious, start the party with rock and roll. It is our pleasure to be joined by the starting left tackle. Yes, I said left (laughs) tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. He is a two-time pro bowler and, of course, a University of Oklahoma legend. Orlando Brown Jr. (laughs) is in the house. What's up, big dog? Man, nothing much, man. I appreciate you for having me on. We got to start there. Man, it's unavoidable. Let's just get this out of the way, and then we can talk about (laughs) your career and how happy we are for you and all that stuff. But January 29th, you tweet out, I'm a left tackle with emphasis on the left, all caps. And a lot of people have made a lot of assumptions about what you were trying to accomplish with the tweet, so wanted to give you the chance to clear it up. Well, what was it all about, man? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's just – Honestly, man, you know, I'm a left tackle. You know, I played that in college. I played that in high school. You know, I played it in the pros. Uh, you know, that's all I really can say about it. You know, I mean, it's not anything subliminal or anything like that. You know, it's the truth. So how's that go down? <laughs> I mean, whenever you put something out there, does yeah. does anyone, like, reach out to you and say, well, what's going on? What are you thinking? Or is it just kind of you put it out there and you don't hear anything back? Yeah, no, man. I mean, you know, obviously people uh, say what they got to say or assume what they got to assume, man. But, uh, you know, that was just just me just kind of, you know, saying what I, the truth. You know, I am a left tackle. <laughs> just gonna just go line up over there whenever you guys, yeah. you guys start out. Just him just and Ronnie Stanley thing. just standing yeah. in the same spot like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's Ronnie's spot, man. So, but, you know, I am a left tackle. It is what it is. All right. Well, that's yeah. that. So now we can move on. That's that. The man's left tackle. Well, you play a hell of a right tackle for a guy that's a left tackle. I'll tell you that, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Pro Bowl right tackle and Pro Bowl left tackle. Not too shabby. Okay, let, let's start, you know, kind of at the beginning yeah. of your pro career. Um, Zeus, you look at it, man. After what you went through with the pre-draft process, Right. With the combine, with pro day, uh, it not really going the way you wanted it to go. I know you felt disrespected not going until the third round, but all of a sudden you look up and you started 42 games in three seasons. You've gone to -to back-to-back pro bowls. You've been on really good teams. Like 
just, just how are you feeling right now yeah. with where you're at personally, with where you're at with your game, man? Because you you, you got to be happy. I know not satisfied, but you got to be yeah. happy. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I I guess you could say happy, man. You know, I'm not like elated because I know there is like a whole another 10 levels I could tap into, man, to really better my game and, and better myself as a player. But, uh, you know, man, I have, you know, been appreciative of the past few years, as you said, man, one of those games with in here in Baltimore, man, and my hometown, you know, with Lamar, with the team, with Mandrews, you know, with Ben, with Hollywood, like it's, it's all been special, man. It's kind of been unreal, honestly, like, you know, just everything in the way that everything has like went down. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined it would, it would happen like this, but man, I've just been, I've been so blessed, man, from the most high, man. I mean, he's just, he just continued to bless me. And I mean, I'm just making sure I do my best to, you know, continue to to keep this level of play and get better, you know, at that. Now, the there's there's one one blessing with slipping back to the third round. There's one, yeah, and playing all the snaps. That performance check has to be <laughs> out of this world, right? No doubt, no, no, no doubt, dog. The player performance check has done me well the last three years. So uh, I don't know how things go with COVID this year, but uh, but yeah, man, that player performance being a third round pick is beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to love that. It's like the one you forget about and it's like, oh yeah, here it comes. No so that's doubt. cool. Hey, so what I, I think a lot of people, Oklahoma fans are really interested in like, because there's a pipeline right now, Oklahoma offensive line to the pros. And I think that there's there's that consistency there. I think a lot of the the pro scouts and GMs know what they're getting when they when they go and sign an Oklahoma guy or bring an Oklahoma guy into camp. So yeah. what was like the carryover? Um, whether it's you know what what you worked against in practice or if it's technique or mindset, what was the carryover that you had from Oklahoma to the pros? Um, man, I mean, really, just so much, man. I mean, I feel like. Uh, for me, Oklahoma really prepped me for the next level in so many different ways, like more so just understanding, uh, I guess you could say my role, you know, and, and my role in the locker room as a rookie, my role in the locker room as a starter, you know, because when you go to school like Oklahoma, man, like you're in there with a bunch of big names, a bunch of other All-Americans, a bunch of other guys that are trying to get to the league, too. And I feel like naturally, you know, you kind of learn your role, you know, at a university like that. And, uh, man, I, I feel like that's one thing that it taught. Uh, obviously, Coach Beatenbow and all the techniques and the way that he coaches. Um, I mean, man, I, I, learned the, I learned the system here in Baltimore, man, so quickly uh, just because I was able to relate so many different concepts to what we run here, you know, or run here in Baltimore as opposed to Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, the concepts and, and the way Coach B to, uh, coached, um, and really just everyday life, man. I mean, you know, Norman is, is small. It's the college town, but – you know, it's uh, I guess you could say everyone makes their mistakes in college, and I mean, I feel like you know the mistakes I made, obviously they weren't terrible, nothing you know crazy, but just uh, <laughs> just stuff I learned from you know that that helped me when I got here. So, I, I was watching you guys this year, and, and I played for Greg Roman. He, he was oh, our offensive right coordinator. Right yeah, so I I know all about your man Giro, but yeah. you know, you you look at the GT counterplay that you guys specialized in when you were at OU and you ran yeah. it time after time and they're still running it time yeah. after time. But I, I would always would talk to Teddy about it and be like, man, 
that play really works, but no one in the league runs it. And all of a sudden, I'm watching you guys this year, and I see your big ass pulling around. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh, they're running the GT counter. What What was your reaction when you started dialing that up? I bet you were like, okay, I, I know I could do this. Yeah, man, my favorite part about running it in the league is the fact that it's not tempo. It's not – we're not lining up and just sprinting to the other side. You know what I mean? Like in college, man, it seemed like I was pulling every other play, but, you know, you're getting – 10 12 plays in a 40 50 second drive it feels like you know what i mean so um so yeah like man i would say that's the benefit of being in the league doing it man it's like, actually i'm not necessarily i wasn't tired in college or winded but you know when you run in tempo man you know how it is as an old lineman so in college man being able to huddle and run it i love it plus being at the point of attack being able to pull and you know seek out these safeties or these linebackers man and the league they're a lot bigger so it's harder to miss <laughs> so I want to tell you a really quick story and then ask you a question off of it. So when I was a rookie, I think it was like our second preseason game. We played at Baltimore and there was a dude playing tackle. I know you've heard of Jonathan Ogden. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just, I mean, he was a God in the NFL at this time. He was the man. He was the best tackle in the league. And, you know, I think he's like six, nine, six, 10 was just gigantic dude. And I'm out there on on uh, the starting defense and he's like talking to me about i heard about that new car you bought you got a new navigator uh you better hold on to it you're not going to last in the league very long and all i'm thinking about the whole time is like how the hell does he know that i bought a navigator how does he know that (laughs) so on the first series like about six or seven plays in and it's still all i can think about he gives me my welcome to the league uh block oh shit like a it's, it's like a third and short, and it's a little pitch, you know, the little pitch out, uh, fake the dive, and then kick out, and they try and outrun you. Like, he catches me at tackle, and he, like, picks me up, and my feet are, like, kicking in the air, and he just buries me right on top of me. Welcome to the league, Rook. And, like, that was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a long, long year. Yeah. So have you, did, have you done that to anyone yet? Like, what's your block? where you yeah. just buried someone and you got up and, and gave him a little something, just a little man. reminder of what it's like. Man. In the uh, man, honestly, man, I don't, you know, I have some blocks like that. Like I would say, man, one of my more memorable ones is like, man, my first pancake in a regular season game against Buffalo. I remember we were blowing them out my rookie year, man. And uh, they had lined uh, 55 up over me. And uh, I just snapped, dog. <laughs> I just snapped. Like, and granted, I was, you know, I'm a 21, 22-year-old rookie, man. And I don't know how long 55 have been in the league, but I just snapped, dog. Like, I mean, I was. I, I played with 55 in Buffalo. His name's Jerry Hughes, and yeah. he's in, like, year 12. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, bro. I just. That's I the reverse like that. of the welcome to the league, and that's even better. Oh, yeah, dog. Oh, yeah, bro. My, my welcome to the league experience, man, I would say. Gosh, man, uh, like Julius Peppers, man. I, I played Julius Peppers my second start. And, uh, man, I'm out there talking trash the whole game, my normal going hard. Um, I'm like, we had ran an outside zone earlier in the game, and I had stretched them all the way to the sideline. I, like, drew a personal foul on the other team because, like, they were like, hey, you can't, you block it to da 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 And Don Terry Poe pushes me in my back. Uh, I drew a foul off that, but. Like, Julius Peppers was, like, my first – I played Cam Jordan as my first start, but Julius Peppers was, like, 
that shit was unreal for me because I'm like, man, this guy played like damn near when my dad played. You know what I mean? He played against Jamal. You know, I'm like, I'm like, like this is crazy. Quick break. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Tell them we sent you. Yeah, I've, uh, those are those are those moments where you're blocking a guy and you're like, oh my God, it's like we, we had a training camp. We did one of those preseason where you go practice against them and then you play them in a preseason game situations. And I was playing for Detroit and we went to Pittsburgh and we were practicing against Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden we're lined up for field goal field goal. I look up and James Harrison is across from me and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And it was one of those moments where, and he didn't rush at all, like the entire practice, but I was just like, for that split second, I was like, I think I might die. I, I yeah, think I might die. But I, I did want to ask you about these last couple of seasons uh, mm-hmm. before I ask you, you know, before we ask you some more of those, you know, OU questions. So 2019, uh, I mean, you guys go 14 and two uh, Lamar wins the MVP you get to the playoffs, but but you end up losing to the Titans. Uh, when you look back on that year, I, I know the result wasn't what you wanted, but that's still a special season, man. In the, in the league, how much fun was the journey in 2019? Yeah, man, that was really a special year, like you said, bro. Like uh, just for really the city of Baltimore, man. Like that was just it was also crazy to me, you know, to grow up here and. You know, you dream about playing on a winning team here. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, the, the Ravens teams that I could think of growing up, man, it's just like, it's like crazy, you know? And and to be a part of the franchise, to be a part of the winning culture here, man, it's like so special. And, um, you know, that year in itself, you know, with, with me being in year two, Lamar being in year two, Mark Andrews being in year two, um, Hayden Hurst, man, so many of us uh, being young guys contributing and and going out there, man, and, and giving it everything we got to to get, you know, the 14 and two was really special. Now, ultimately, you know, our goal is the Super Bowl. You know, we had a ton of guys named to the Pro Bowl, but in all pro list. But at the end of the day, our end goal is the Super Bowl every year. And uh, man, that year really was tough because, you know, you had a bye week and then lose against Tennessee, man, the way we lost, man, that's, you know, that's never easy. So what's next for you? Um, so what contract year coming up, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's also, just, contract it's year time. coming up. Also, so, one of the benefits of falling in the yeah. draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Get to that second contract quicker. So, yeah. so what's? I mean, what's what's the goal for you? I mean, what's what's this off season going to be like? What's the 
like for you to to yeah. go out there and just have your best year ever and get that big payday? So what's what's this offseason going to look like? Yeah, man. Honestly, you know, it'll it'll uh, it'll be a lot different. You know, I, I there's a lot of things in my game, man, that I want to change. Like as far as you know, just continue to to increase my mobility, um, my flexibility, um, continue to you know get my body you know in in the best shape that it can be in, man, all year. You know, to 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 go out there and and get better throughout a 16 game season and and come back and be better next year 10 times than I was this year. And uh, man, like I said before, I've I play good ball, but I haven't played my best ball yet. And you know, this offseason, man, I look forward to tapping in. Yeah, well, you've gone to back to back Pro Bowls, so that's that's yeah. not too shabby there, big guy. <laughs> start, <laughs> baby. I I did want to ask you. Yeah. Okay, so Ronnie Stanley gets hurt, right? You, yeah. you got to flip from right to left. And a lot of people think that that's an easy switch. Like people that maybe haven't played the position or haven't played O-line, they think, okay, well, you just switch everything. They, they don't realize that you have to completely basically reorient your body and yeah. that you've you've developed certain habits to where you actually have – some things built up stronger on one side as opposed to the other from yeah. taking reps on one side. So h- how, how difficult was that for you? I, I know that you played at a high level, but when you made the switch, did, was it like riding a bike or did it take you a little yeah. bit to get comfortable back or get comfortable again there on the left? Yeah, man. Uh, it, it, it was not easy at all. It honestly was very difficult, uh, especially without the practice reps and without me repping it at all in live situations man like uh here in Baltimore man I you know honestly I haven't I mean I haven't taken you know I hadn't taken any left tackle snaps you know except for a few you know one day out of three years and um man uh, to to be called upon in that situation was crazy but uh they had started me earlier in the year at 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 left tackle against the skins when Ronnie had hurt his shoulder I think or his leg or something like that so I went out there and I played well against them so man my mental was right my confidence was good because you know I know I had a good game you know previously there with no practice but it was hard man like you said I mean bro like the best way I could explain it you know like you said the different muscles man it's like throwing with your left hand as opposed to your right um it's it's different <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta channel the plays as they're coming in differently you know it's like a the mental process of, of hearing the play and having to flip it in your head because you're so used to being on one side you know, uh, just the fundamentals that that comes along with it, trying to make sure I'm not clicking my heels, making sure that I'm maintaining the base, you know, my balance is all off because I hadn't practiced it. Um, so, yeah, man, but I, I eventually I got used to it, you know, that's and, uh, you know, that's why I'm confident in telling you, you know, I'm I haven't even had a chance to work on it. You know, I could only imagine, you know, what it's going to be like after I have a year to work on it. So what's it like in that division? I mean, I feel like there's so many OU guys up there and that's a brutal division with some rivalries that go back some, some heated rivalries that go back a long time. What's it like whenever you guys get out there on the field and mix it up? Is there any talking going on between the guys, uh, the OU guys? (laughs) Yeah, man. So honestly, like, you know, I'm not going to talk too much trash to my guys. I'm out there competing, but they're my guys though. You know, like with Neville, like I didn't say much to Neville, you know, but Devil also didn't say much to me. You know what I mean? So, so it's not much to be said there. Um, but like you know, Joe Mix, seeing Bate, uh, twice a year, Jordan Evans, uh, twice a year. Um, I'm trying to think who else is around there. Um, yeah, basically Rudolph up there at Pittsburgh. 
uh, James Washington as well. Uh, gosh, man, I don't, I don't know too many other guys. I'm trying to think. I know we got a lot. Like we got all a lot on your here. team. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot here in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, no, man, it's always cool seeing those dudes. So you you mentioned all the guys you have there in Baltimore with you. Uh, how much? How much do you think that helped you, especially when you came in, right? Having, you know, or how how much does that help you the last couple of years? You know, having Hollywood around, having Ben around, having Mark Andrews around, because sometimes uh, you get into the league and you may not know a single guy on the roster, and that can be difficult for some guys. What was that? Did that make that transition for you a little easier? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, You know, it's. You know, uh, it's like getting drafted, you know, to your hometown, man. Uh, and and on top of that, you know, you bring your college friends with you. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like it's crazy. You know, I remember, you know, some of the stuff rookie year being able to go out in the city, me and Mark after a game or something like, you know what I mean? Like that, that was like so special and so cool, man, to, to be able to do those things, not only in Norman, but for the team we got drafted for it. Um, you know, and just the bond that, that we had at OU offensively, uh, you know, and you saw everyone saw it in the production, you know, with, with Bacon, Kyler, it's just the unity and the love that we had for the offense, you know, learning the scheme, everybody buying in, doing their job to the best of their ability, best of their abilities, believing they're the best on the field. And um, I mean, man, like, you know, that carries over to the league. And, you know, you see Mark going out there making plays, making Pro Bowls, you know, Ben will make Pro Bowls here in the future. Hollywood, he'll make Pro Bowls once he gets, you know, his opportunities and stuff like that and take, start taking advantage of him early on in the season, man. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for all the OU guys for sure. So, I mean, you mentioned being able to go out and, you know, go out to dinner, go do whatever with, with some of the guys. What was it like this year for that whole time to not be able to do anything. I mean, everyone's like, well, you're in season, but still, man, you got to have typically you got to have time to be able to, to put work to the side and be able to just go, whatever it's go out, have a nice dinner or, or something just to kind of, you know, feel like a normal person. What was that like having to fight through those, those brutal protocols all year? Yeah, man, it was, it was, uh, it was different, man. Uh, Honestly, I mean, we, we weren't able to do anything. Uh, You know, I'm normally, when I get my bye week, you know, I head back to Norman. Uh, I got a, I got a home in Norman, man. I head back and I hang out there for a week or a few days and then come back here just to get away. But, you know, we weren't even able to do that. You know, we weren't able to even, even like, even leave state lines, you know, county lines. So, you know, we had to pretty much stay in our jurisdiction, man. But, um, I mean, I just – honestly, I passed the time with playing video games. I, I feel like I'm a com- video game nerd now. Like, I feel like <laughs> – I feel like Corey Key, maybe that way. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what uh, what brought me to that, but it did. Uh, you know, prior to training camp starting and one time in season during the bye week this year, I was actually able to fish. You know, just because we live right here on the water, pretty close to the water in Baltimore, so I was able to get out and fish. Quick break. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience. There are temperature screenings at all entrances and masks are required for all patrons and employees because your safety is Riverwind's number one priority. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, 
roulette, and craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. February 1st through 13th is their keys to my heart. The more points wildcard members earn in that time, the more entries they get in the drawings on February 13th, where they can win cash and bonus play. Oh, and one lucky winner can take home a 2021 Audi A5. Let's go. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. I can only imagine how many video game hours were logged by Orlando during <laughs> this season. I, I don't I'm not sure I even want to know, but way too many. So so what are you doing now? I, I yeah. mean, are are you you're in Baltimore right now? Are you taking a little time off, you know, letting your body recover, or or is it you're you're back at it already? Yeah, man, like, right now, I just take time off. You know, I do little petty stuff. I got my sauna here. I got my elliptical. Um, you know, my workouts won't start up till Monday after the Super Bowl. Normally, I give myself time off, man, from whenever we lose in the playoffs to uh, the day after the Super Bowl, you know, and that's pretty much when I start ramping back up my workout routine and, and getting things going. They, so are you guys are you guys able to, now that the season's over, you off, you can go do whatever, or they still have, like, travel restrictions or anything on you guys uh not that i know of i, I hope that's not the case it's gonna be a lot of guys fine <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh i've always wondered this yeah. and uh, i don't know lamar jackson at all but he seems like a lot of fun to be around oh yeah so he wins mvp i assume he gets his o-lineman a pretty badass gift yeah. Right. So what was the gift? Because I man. assume it was great. <laughs> yeah, man. He got us. He got us all Rolexes. And uh, yeah, man, he got me a a baby blue face Rolex silver band. Ooh. Um, I think it's I believe it's an oyster perpetual. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know my Rolex. Nailed it. You crushed yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, he got me a, a baby blue face oyster, man. And uh, he got, uh, I think, 11 other guys. uh Rolexes as well. What a good teammate! Yeah, it is a good no teammate. Doubt. No doubt, he held it down. <laughs> now, I, I I've got a couple of random ones before we yep. let you go, big dog. I I don't know about you, but when every year when the NFL draft comes around, I'm in a bad mood because I went undrafted, and it pisses me off every year. And I get in a bad mood for those three days. Do you get like that when the combine comes around, like when it's on yeah. TV and you, because you know you're going to get brought up and you're like, oh, here we go again? Yeah. Like, or is it at this point you're like, hey, uh, I'm going to Pro Bowls, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, no, man. I mean, it. I I still watch it, you know, because I I grew up watching it. Um, and you know, does it put me in a bad mood? Not necessarily. Uh. You know, I'm more so watching it with the anticipation of someone testing bad and going out there and playing great football on Sundays. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess you could say I'm watching it for the, for for that reason out in a weird way. Um, but uh, but man, I, I feel like I definitely feel what you're feeling on draft day, though, man. Like, I mean, I I know I was a third round pick, but man, I, I felt like you know, given what happened, if it didn't happen, you know, I feel like I could have been a top five pick or a top ten pick, and you know, man, watching that draft, man, I'm pissed off. You know what I mean? I'm heated every year. And it, it just seems like every year becomes more and more motivation 
you know, just just seeing the offensive tackles take it early. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not even in these draft classes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy, man. But I think that's just the competitor in me. Okay. Well, Two. you got to tell them though. Uh, they got the discount rate for the first four years. You're about to uh, <laughs> you're about to make them pay that and more. You're getting the back money from them. <laughs> we'll see, man. <laughs> collecting interest <laughs> okay this this one is is random because i we lost to notre dame my junior year yeah and i still think about it all the time all the time and uh, i was just curious how often do you think about that georgia game yeah often man often uh we talk about it a lot in the locker room honestly like uh Man, if we had this defense, like the style of defense they run now, we had that defense they had this year. Oh, I I promise you we would have had a national championship. At least one. You know what I'm saying? Like at least one, man. Like, I mean, I just feel like I feel like, man, that that game, it was just it was so heartbreaking. You know, and you know, man, like just like those big games, those situations in your last year are always so special. You know what I mean? Like college, man. I'm sure Teddy, you got them too. You know, it's yeah. just like Oh man, that's the worst. Like looking back on it, because you know, it's you know, in college, when you look back at college and you've been to the professional level, you understand. Even you know, we were all good players, great players in college. You know what I mean? It's just like you realize that you could have been so much better in college, just based off a few little things. And like to me, when I watch the Georgia game or I think of it, I think about the little plays, the little little things, the little mistakes that I made, man. And I'm like, man, like maybe that could have made the difference. Do you so? Is there anyone on, on the squad from Georgia that was in that game? Because I feel bad for Baker. He's got to hand off to a guy that he lost in that game every single day. That's got to be brutal. I know. That man, that was actually his roommate uh, his rookie year, man, which is crazy. Uh, Chubb was his roommate his rookie year. But, uh, man, fortunately, uh, we don't we don't have anybody from Georgia. We have – well, you know, I take that back. We have a long snapper now, uh, Nick Moore. Um, I think he was on the roster, actually. But um, other than that, I mean, in, in the long snap, it's not talking trash. I can promise you, promise you that. So uh, other than that, nobody. Now, we're we're not going to run this on the podcast until after the Super Bowl. But who do you like? I, I'm, yeah. Dude, I'm starting. I'm starting to lean the Bucks way. And I know thinking yeah. that Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and lose is crazy. But like, I, I feel like they're better on the offensive line and the defensive line, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, it it really comes down to a few different things, man. I think, you know, at the end of the day, both of these teams are stacked with talent on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, one's got Tom Brady, the other's got Patrick Mahomes. I think they both can run the ball really well, which is, you know, normally your telltale sign to me of who's going to win the game. Uh, but I think they're both, you know, pretty much respected the same way in the run game. Uh, I think it's just going to come down, I mean, literally, to one or two plays made by Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady, man. But I got Tom Brady making the bigger play. You know, that's just me. I, I don't – I think Tom Brady's one of the greatest to ever do it. I know Pat Mahomes is young. But, I mean, bro, he, I just don't bet against Tom. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Think about it. What you were? What year were you born? He was like – I was born in 96. I mean – Think about how long he's been in the league. He was in the league in 2000, and it's just—I just can't ever wrap my head around that. How long he's, he's been there, and he's—and just goes back. No big deal. Just take a new team to the to the Super Bowl. Now he's got a great group around him, but I just feel like sometimes whenever there's a story like that, it feels like it's overwhelming, and it really doesn't even matter who the better team was all year. It's like 
that yeah. day it's kind of their thing. So I don't know, yeah. man. No doubt, no doubt. I'm, I can't wait to watch it. All right, bro. All right, appreciate so. the time. Go check out Orlando's Instagram, Zeus underscore underscore seventy eight. That's where they get the merch, right? Yeah, yep, yep. You get the merch at uh, at Easy Money Zeus as well. Um, but uh, it's on my it's on my Instagram as well, my bio. I always knew you were going to end up being a fashion icon. I, I knew no it doubt. from the first time I saw you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> See you, bro. All right. So the man's left tackle, Teddy. Um, that's it. Left tackle. Hey, he's he's had so much success early in his career, and uh, I know that what the trade rumors are out there and stuff like that. I didn't really want to go there with him. You know, that, that stuff is out of his control, but what he can control is the way he plays. And he has played at an extremely high level in his first three years in the league. Well, I mean, the Ravens have, you know, for a long time made very few personnel mistakes. And I think, Drafting a guy like Orlando Brown in the third round and trading him away whenever he's going to be a 12 or 14 year starter in the NFL, that would be a dumb personnel move. So I'd be shocked if I saw that happening. But yeah, dude, I mean, left tackle. Uh, I know he stepped in and played really well at right, but the man says he's a left tackle. I'm going to listen to him. He's a left tackle. My only regret is not asking him about that gif of him and Lamar Jackson where Lamar Jackson turns and looks at him like, what did you just say? I, I completely forgot to ask him, but uh, I'll, I'll get the inside information on that one. Okay, we're going to do our winners and losers of Super Bowl 55. Man, that was a boring game. That was That was uneventful. But first, if you're a sports fan, you need to call the great people at Sound Advice. A lot of us are watching our favorite football teams from home this year, which is why you need to get a home theater system from our friends at Sound Advice. Sound Advice can customize your home entertainment system indoors or outdoors. Sound Advice did the Wi-Fi network and all the audio visual at my new house, and it is awesome. They hide all the wires and cable boxes, so it looks great, and I can control every TV in my house from my phone, and my internet has been flawless. For the best home theater systems in the Oklahoma City area, call Sound Advice at 405-549-3880 or visit soundadviceokc.com. Also connect with our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you'll get a free fat burner injection. And also, don't forget to send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. I'm talking to you, Teddy. I'm talking to you. Hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to remember you said that Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020 with a 12 to one student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. 
Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 9. Mm. I wonder who had the 1-9 square for the fourth quarter. That's that's an odd uh that's an odd finish, but not really what we were expecting. Now, we both picked Tampa Bay to win. We both picked the Buccaneers to win, but I didn't expect that, Ted. So let, let's start with your winners and losers. We can make it also kind of like a recap, you know, kind of hodgepodge here. So where do you want to start? Well, for a winner, I've got to go. I mean, obviously, Brady, and he's going to get all the chatter and well-deserved. But, dude, it's got to be Gronkowski. Here's a guy that was retired, I mean, partying, doing a couple of things on TV here and there, lost like 30 pounds. Didn't he have no like the Gronk deal. cruise? Yeah. Remember that? I mean, yeah, he, he was just living it up. Brady goes to Tampa, gives him a phone call, and Gronk's like, yeah, Tampa, they got beaches, pool parties. Yeah, I, I think I'll come hang out for a year, see what happens. And you catch two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and add another ring. I mean, that just doesn't happen. It's a it's a it's a fantasy land to be able to win Super Bowls that easily. And uh, you know, early on, it took him a while to get back into football shape. About a, a little after the midway point in the season, it was like, okay, Gronkowski's back and he's gonna be a part of this offense. And you saw that be a huge threat here in the Super Bowl tonight. Yeah, six catches, 67 yards, the two touchdowns. And also, I hope people realize he blocked his ass off in yep. that game. Uh, I mean, they rushed for 145 yards, and he was on the field for a lot of snaps and mixing it up in the run game like he always does. That that was really, really impressive. And isn't it, it – it, it was cool seeing Gronk score touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. he's a very likable guy. Right. Like he was doing the celebrations and like, I, I feel like we all were fired up for him. Well, he is a very likable guy and you know, he, <laughs> he's a hard worker. I think, uh, did we talk about the workout story on here? I can't remember where in summer workouts, since they couldn't meet, you had to video yourself working you told out. Him you have the shirt. Yeah. And he just changed shirts throughout his workout it's hilarious just filmed I mean, it all in one day just changed yeah, the shirt he's a likable guy that gets it done like if if he wasn't a likable guy tom brady's probably not calling him whenever he goes to tampa to come play but since he is a likable guy good locker room guy i mean he, he's tom wants him to be around and it's a good thing when tom brady wants you to be around and uh gronk's just adding to his already great career in uh in a just a tidy little season yeah we'll go win a super bowl one year no big deal unbelievable you got any more winners i mean i if we're gonna hit it i could hammer home the run game for tampa bay i thought was great i mean just whenever they needed to move the chains chew up yardage uh get it done and that one two combination between fournette and jones it's pretty deadly. I mean, a lot of teams don't have that. Usually you have kind of a, a catch-all back, maybe a short yardage back, and then a scat back. 
they kind of get it all in those two guys, and they're they're really both of them good between the tackles. Thought that was great. Um, I could go. I, I thought, and we talked about this, Levante David and Oh my Devin gosh. Byron, I thought they were great at backer, just difference makers. You saw the late interception by Devin White. So, I mean, Bruce Arians. How about Bruce Arians uh, getting the Super Bowl there in Tampa with a really good coaching staff? I mean, you go on and on. How about uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo mentioning that Bruce Arians was working at CBS like two years ago? I thought that part, I thought that part was hilarious. Shout out CBS. I'll, I'll work my winners in here too, Ted. Uh, I thought that Todd Bowles called a great game. I thought he fought the urge to bring a bunch of pressure. Now they brought some, especially in the, in the first half, don't get me wrong, but I thought that he coached conservatively and very intelligently with what they did on the defensive side of the ball, because he knew they had a huge advantage at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought it was a great plan and, and they, they really highlighted it early putting two guys on Tyreek Hill, making sure they limited him, not letting him get off for big plays. Uh, I thought they did a good job against Kelsey. And you mentioned Levante David and Devin White. When you have inside backers that can run and cover like that, that's how you limit a guy like Travis Kelsey. I thought they were really physical with him too. Uh, that, that was about as well as you can defend Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I, I thought that that plan defensively was unbelievable for him, executed beautifully. I mean, they held Patrick Mahomes to 270 yards passing. I mean, I mean, how many people can do that, Ted? That 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 was a really impressive performance. Frankly, the Tampa Bay defense should have been the MVP of the game. It really was. I mean, uh, to to limit that offense from Kansas City like they did. I mean, they've got what everyone probably considers as uh, the best or one of the best, very few receiving tight ends in the NFL, the best or one of the best playmakers, deep ball threats in Tyreek Hill, and the best or one of the best quarterbacks. And if you can limit all of that to just nine points, keep them out of the end zone, I mean, that's that's amazingly – uh, it's just, you, you never would have thought it. I don't think, I mean, nine points for Kansas city. No way. Well, I had the final the other day when we picked it on our show. I think I picked 33, 31 Tampa. Yeah. I went 31, 30 Tampa and Tampa got the 31 and I was like, okay, Kansas city. Now it's time <laughs> for go. you to come back. Now it's time. And it, it just never happened. Right. It, it just never happened. And well, you pointed it out the other day. It's, you know, there's a lot of shiny objects out there on the field, but the, the fact that Kansas City is so hampered on the offensive line, it was just going to be too much to overcome. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to them in the losers portion of this. <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, some people will say that the winners were the referees because they got uh, they got some screen time there, especially the first half. Uh, made some made some calls that certainly impacted the game. I didn't have a huge issue with any of them really. They're they're just magnified because it is the Super Bowl. It's not easy to make those calls in the moment. So 
I, I don't want to hear that the refs, you know, wanted Brady to win. I don't want to hear it. That, that was an ass whooping. And we have to talk about the best commercials when it comes to the winners, right? Like I, I, I weirdly enjoyed the 3D Doritos Matthew McConaughey commercial for some reason. I don't know. It made me laugh. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm an idiot, but I think most people's favorite was the Bud Light one. That threw it back for a lot of people, right? And then the Paramount Plus with the Beavis and Butthead saying big crack. That that, that one got, got, got a good giggle out of me. I liked that one, and then I missed a couple of them on my wife showed them, uh, showed them back the, I don't know what it was, but the Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. Deal, yeah. T-Mobile. That, that was a good one. That was good. I liked that. It was pretty good. You know, I was, I was kind of worried going into this, this Super Bowl that like every commercial was going to be like way too serious instead of just yeah, like this, meaningful, like coronavirus yeah. type stuff. Yeah. That would have been, Instead of just letting us laugh a little bit, enjoy the football, uh, forget that we're in a pandemic a little bit, just laugh and feel like the old Super Bowl. So I thought they did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Losers of Super Bowl 55. I'll let you start. Well, don't you have to start with – an opportunity for a fat guy touchdown that's oh dropped in the back of the end zone. Oh my God. Joe Haig. I mean, there it is. It's right there. It hits him in the face mask and he can't bring it in. And I know the defensive guy made a good play on it, but this is your chance. You got to suck that thing in there and make a play. He's a Super Bowl champion. Okay. But he could have been a Super Bowl champion that scored a fat guy touchdown. That's like the unicorn, right? The fat guy touchdown in the Super Bowl. That puts you amongst a very small group of human beings. I don't know how many are in there, but I know the group is small. It is an elite group when it comes to people scoring fat man touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I He knew it was coming. You knew they practiced that play for two weeks. Brady puts it right on his face. You, you got to catch that, man. And I know Hitchens made a decent play on it after the fact, but if you catch it the first time, if you don't let it hit yourself in the face, it's a pretty you're good a hero. Rule you're a legend. If the ball makes it all the way to your face mask and hits it, you should have caught it for the score. Pretty good rule of thumb. I, I don't want to overblow this, but Joe Haig was representing offensive linemen, past, present, and future. And he let us all down, man. It's a lot of pressure, man. It's a lot of pressure. Catch the ball, Joe. What are we doing? Now, he, he he still just won the Super Bowl, so I'm sure he'll be... No, but that will haunt him forever. I know people think it's like, no, they won. It's fine. It's like, no. He will think about that every single day for the rest of his life. There's Everyone, no it, it, I mean, when, when there's a fat guy touchdown play, the entire team like circles around in practice to see how it's going to go. And then it gets down on the goal line and uh, he and uh, Vita Vea checked in and he checked in as eligible. You know, everyone on the sidelines like, here we go. They're calling it. And he drops it. They're all over him right now in the locker room or in the celebration for yeah. sure. Ugh. Losers got to be Kansas City's offensive line. We warned you. Uh, we knew it was going to be. I will say this. I thought they'd run more 
five, six, and even seven-man protection than they did. I mean, they they didn't change much, and maybe it's because they got in such a big hole. It's kind of hard to tell when a game goes that way. But well, they're running man too, and yeah, if they you put run those man, tackles on an island, man, and they just yeah, got abused. It's one of those things where if it's man and you just call the you know a, a seven-man protection, you're just bringing more blitzers to the party. Right. You know, but you do, you know, they are farther away from the quarterback. There's strengths and, you know, obviously weaknesses to that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was surprising because, you know, they brought five a lot. And you had five one-on-ones. And if you're not going to win those one-on-ones, it's going to be a long night. I've – and, you know, I've, I've been watching the Super Bowl for a while now. And in, in all the Super Bowls I can recall – I cannot think of a quarterback that was under more pressure. So I was like, okay, I know ESPN stats and info is going to tweet something about this right after the game. And they did Teddy Mahomes was pressured on 29 of 56 dropbacks. The most of any quarterback in super bowl history, while Tom Brady was pressured on four of 30 dropbacks, Mm -hmm. the lowest of any Super Bowl he's ever played in. He's played in quite a few. I don't know if people know that. So it 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 was it was rough for Kansas City's offensive line. And I was surprised. I, I thought Andy Reid, he did some stuff early, but I thought he would do more to help those guys out. At, at one point in the game, like midway fourth quarter, I was just hoping Patrick Mahomes made it out there, made it out of the game without a serious injury, right? He was just getting destroyed, man. That was, that's going to be now. I don't know if those guys will watch it. They probably will. Most people do when you lose big games, but uh, they're going to want to delete that tape off the, uh, the old server. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks where even whenever he's losing the game and throwing incomplete, like, there's no one in the NFL, aside from maybe Aaron Rodgers, that has a more exciting incomplete pass than Mahomes. He threw that one where I thought the guy one-handed it in the back of the end zone. Mahomes was about to run out of bounds and just whipped it down there. Yeah, I thought Pringle had it. I was like, look at the yeah. K-State Wildcat. <laughs> and then late, whenever he got tripped up outside the pocket, he's like laid over like a second baseman throw into first after a double play where someone slid in and took him out and he throws it like 30 yards and hits the guy in the hands with it. I will. I, and I I tweeted about it right when it happened. So that was on the fourth down that those were actually back-to-back plays. That was on the fourth down. He is parallel to the ground. Like he is off his feet before he throws the ball. And like you're saying, he, he is sideways. He is parallel to the ground and just wings it. And it hits the dude in the end zone right in the face mask. Like, it should have been a touch. I, I, I honestly believe that's the best throw I've ever seen. I know it was incomplete, but I've never seen anything like that. It, it was unbelievable. I rewound it like rewinded, rewound, rewound, rewinded, rewound. rewound. I rewound it like 10 times to make sure I wasn't crazy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, why aren't we talking about this throw? Like, that's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen on a football field. Yeah, it's crazy. He's got he's got unbelievable talent. Now, and I heard Romo at the end saying, well, now Mahomes is going to have to win eight to be 
uh, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. And I'm like, you better win two before you win eight. And I think that he's going to be back. I think that he's got a good group around him. Obviously, his talent is through the roof. But, man, if we know anything from from watching the NFL, you're never guaranteed, much less to win, but to even get back to the Super Bowl. So that's a that's a big opportunity miss for Kansas City. Um, you just you never know. We always think that someone's going to rip off four or five in a row and it's just going to be, you know, their decade or whatever. But rarely does it happen like that. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to win another one. I'm just saying that I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Mahomes won't get there. No one will get that. We'll, we'll never see this again. We'll never see it again. Right. Because it, too many things have to fall in place. Right. It, it, especially in the NFL, like it, it is so difficult for a team to stay healthy for a season. Like you have to have luck to win a Super Bowl. You have to have unbelievable luck and talent and all those things to win seven. I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's insane. I mean, I, we don't have to turn this into the Tom Brady podcast. He's the MVP, by the way. Shocker. I mean, we heard the statistics. We don't have to talk about his winning percentage and what Tampa Bay's winning percentage was whenever he came in. But you've been in locker rooms, Gabe. There is, in professional sports, and I'm assuming it's the same in professional sports. I know it is in, in the NFL that there becomes a point in the season where it's kind of every man for himself. Um, the players, even coaches, like coaches are coaching for their job. Players are playing for their job. And everyone kind of starts to get into this thing, like I have to do this in order to you know, keep my career going. And it's really the focus. It's, you lose sight of winning football games and winning you know, conference titles and going to the Super Bowl. It's all about just fighting for survival. And for some teams, it's like that on week three of the season. Others, it's week 12, you're eliminated. But whenever a guy like Tom Brady comes into your locker room, that never happens. Everyone's focused on the Super Bowl the entire year and what they have to do as a teammate to make their team better. And having a guy like that in the locker room, just, you know, he probably doesn't do anything different than any of the other quarterbacks anywhere else, except he's got this train of Super Bowl titles behind him that just locks in everyone at the organization to do their part because they feel like they have an honest chance to win a Super Bowl. The man has an aura about him. Yeah. He just, he does. I have a few more losers of the Super Bowl. What the hell was wrong with the Chiefs punter? Townsend, what are we doing, man? Uh, my goodness. I mean, you dropped a perfect snap from James Winchester about made us all have a heart attack. I I was worried for myself whenever that happened. Gabe. I was like, we're going to have to re-record the opening, aren't we? <laughs> and and then he shanks a couple. Obviously didn't help. What that was. Now, I will say Harrison Butker was great. Right? He was nails yep. for them, especially in that first half. I mean, those are some big-time kicks. But come on, Townsend figured it out. And then my last loser, Ted, the weekend. 
And you didn't not like be- it? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was great. Now there was the one part where it was like very Blair Witch project, like making you try. I don't know if he was trying to make us motion sick and puke up Whenever all he's in the gold wings. room. I don't know what was going on there. I thought it was kind of cool. It it did make some people nauseous, I'm pretty sure. But I liked it. I, I liked the weekend's music. So the songs were great. I, I was bobbing my head the whole time. I thought, you know, the mass stuff was a little weird. But that that goes into, I mean, that plays off some of the things about his album and like the messaging on there about Hollywood and this type of stuff. Uh, but I thought it was a good performance. But then I remembered he spent $7 million of his own money on it. And I was like, dude, there, there is one certainty in sports. And that is people are going to bitch about the Super Bowl halftime show. No matter what, unless it's Bruno Mars and Beyonce. Then everyone loves it, which, hey, that, that one was unbelievable. But I, that's so much money just for people to complain about what you just did. And I can only imagine the amount of effort that putting together a performance like that takes, like that has to take weeks and weeks of planning. I liked it, but I don't know if it's worth, worth it pumping seven mil of your own money into it. Yeah. You know, you do have to think of it this way though. 7 million of your own money. Like how much is a, a 30 second ad? for a commercial in the Super Bowl. Probably $7 million. <laughs> And to be able to have the camera on you for what, probably a 10, 12, 15-minute show, I mean, that's worth some serious jack as far as that type of exposure. So I don't know. I, I definitely would have found something else to do with $7 million. But I, 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 I was like iffy on it, but the final song out there on the field, I thought brought it home and that was pretty good. Um, I ended up enjoying it, but the greatest thing that halftime show brought us was all the memes on Twitter of him in that gold room. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's so good. I saw a guy like it said, looking for barbecue in Texas, like, and it shows him like bouncing around in that room. It's so funny, man. I saw one that said Tyron Matthew looking to talk more shit to Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> which was really Dude, it was Brady really, was amped whenever that happened i mean I, at he that was point amped. At, at that point i was like this game is over like what what and i know tyron matthew he's a he, he's a great player like i understand that but why 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 would you does he think he's gonna get in brady's head like i don't understand why out of all the people don't pick that guy yeah i mean yeah, he, you're going to rattle the guy that's been to the game 15 times, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. That did not turn out the way that I think he thought it was going to. But, hey, I got one more loser for you. Ooh. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl ad cost, did you see the five-second ad by Reddit? No, I don't think I did. What was it? It was just a little flash on the screen, and then it was gone. And... So it's, it's like a big, like you read the whole thing. So at the end of it, it's like, it goes through like a big, long spill. And at the end of it, it's like, so we just assumed that uh, everyone would either screenshot it or you would pause it and rewind it and read the whole thing. So my new thought is like, since there's rewind, I bet everyone starts changing their approach to these long commercials. I thought that was genius. 
to just buy like a tiny little bit of time. And that kind of turned into a deal that was all over Twitter. So that was, that was well done that? by them. How did I miss I that? I was on Twitter like the entire too. time. I missed it too. And just happened to see someone on, on Twitter, put it out there. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. I need, I need to reevaluate who I follow on Twitter because I missed that. And my timeline did not inform me that Bridgerton, the show on Netflix, is absolutely fantastic. I am hooked. I am so hooked. There was part of me, there's about five minutes left in the Super Bowl. I was like, like I maybe can, I can get an episode in real maybe quick. Maybe I can sneak a little bit of an episode in before <laughs> Teddy texts me and is like, hey, you ready to record? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, my wife watches it. She loves it. I guess her and all her girlfriends always talking about it. I think you would like it. I think you, I, I will say this, the dude, he's very good looking. I mean, very <laughs> good looking, but which is probably why all, uh, all the ladies enjoy yeah. it. But I just finished episode four and I, 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 I'm in, I'm all in Shonda rhymes. You've done it again. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, I you are. Check it out. Okay. Episode 84 in the books, Ted, we'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning, hoping to have James Winchester. Hoping uh, we'll see we'll, we'll see how he's feeling after that game. He played well. Snaps were perfect. Yeah. So, uh, just a reminder: you can hear Teddy from two to six on Sports Talk fourteen hundred. You can hear me from three to five on Sirius XM Big Twelve Radio Channel three seventy five. Hope you all have a great week. Till next time, we appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time